Friday Y'all Show has arrived. Hello, welcome to the weekend. We're going to have a real big party come our final hour of the program that's all about the South. John Rawl, the General of All Things Southern, glad to have you aboard as we wrap up this week of talking about the Southeast. Hope your Friday's going well, and if you have big plans this weekend, enjoy. And if you don't, maybe there's something we can pass along on today's program that will get you up and going as the weekend is here. Already mid-September. Geesh, where's the where's the year going, y'all? In our headlines across the Southeast today, we've got news, of course, about Donald J. Trump. And, of course, we got news about Hunter Biden on Thursday. He was indicted on federal firearm purchasing charges. So we'll tell you about that. Also, we'll let you know how the RNC has revealed the date and location of its third presidential debate that's coming up soon in the world of politics Locke faircloth has died at the age of 95 he was a one-time u.s senator for the state of north carolina and we'll tell you more about this guy who i believe was in the cattle not i'm sorry pig farming business was what he was doing before he got into the united states senate from north carolina nashville has a new mayor we'll tell you all about freddie in our headlines across the southeast today we also mark this weekend the 60th anniversary of the 1963 Birmingham church bombing of which four young ladies had their lives cut short. We'll tell you about that. Some gossip comes to life. How about one of the Crisleys now dating that guy whose wife tried to kill him from down in Thomaston, Thomasville? Which was, There's two Thomas somethings in Georgia, Thomasville and Thomaston. I think it's Thomasville is the one just above Tallahassee, Florida. Anyway, we'll let you know all about who Savannah Crisley is now dating. It's kind of a newfound fame for Crisley, whose parents are right now in jail. We'll give you some of that gossip. Plus, the Alabama Crimson Tide are playing football this weekend. That's not too surprising or newsworthy. But they're going all the way to Tampa to play the South Florida Bulls. Why would they do that? We actually have some of the details of their contract of why they're going to go play in Tampa this weekend maybe they'll get a victory they sure don't want to play the texas longhorns anytime soon also speaking of the heart of dixie if you've ever traveled on interstate 65 in north alabama coming in from tennessee you are greeted by a gigantic rocket when you get into alabama well guess what they're now dismantling that rocket just off of interstate 65 around the huntsville area we'll tell you why and what's going to happen to that rocket right around Rocket City. Plus, in our headlines today, some stories out of Virginia. A motorcyclist hit by lightning in the Washington, D.C. area. We'll tell you about how this guy survived that thing. And a reminder, if you're on a motorcycle, please be safe, especially when a lightning storm comes about. That's why you often see those guys and gals on the big choppers pulled over on the side of the interstate underneath the bridge. That's smart. This guy did not do that. But Luckily, he has survived. And another Virginia story that we'll be passing along today. How about the great Virginia resident, Robert Duvall? He was just honored by the Virginia General Assembly. And we'll tell you about the now 92-year-old actor and the resolution that was presented to him this week in Virginia. All that in our news headlines coming today on the Y'all Show. We also have in our first hour today, Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. He'll be dropping by with a report on the week on Wall Street and beyond. So we'll talk money and more. If you've got a question or comment, please fire those to us so Paul can address them. We have our 24-7 text line that you are certainly welcome 
to reach us on that 615-208-4184 and then you have the 731-410-7560 see me tree service text line you can reach us on as well so we have paul coming up this hour and before hour one wraps you know i hate this i hate to pair paul with another paul but i'm going to do that here this hour we're going to match up paul with paul uh because before we get out of here this first hour we're going to rewind back to our wednesday show when we had miss y'all herself on the program paula dean and we had her on wednesday talking about her famous southern biscuits and so we're going to go back to wednesday and play a portion of our feature of the great georgia chef she's not a chef she's a cook she she told me that once she said i'm not a chef i'm a cook so georgia cook paula dean we're going to have a little tribute to her coming up here in this first hour hour two today we have more headlines coming your way and a look at the new movies we've got a new movie that's got a lot of stars in it a haunting in venice making its debut this weekend that's coming up hour two hour three today we're going to have a fun time, and we really are, because we're going to have not only a little party crowd to get the hour going, but have you seen this CNN documentary? Maybe some of you don't want to watch CNN, but I got trapped into watching CNN a couple of nights ago, and they have a really good documentary that caught my attention, and I ended up watching the whole thing. It might have debuted Labor Day night is when this thing first came out, but it was fantastic, and it is about making george's own little richard and we're going to have a little information about little richard who claimed to be the king of rock and roll and there may be a good reason the georgia singer claimed that title we'll play tutti fruity the song that really put him on the scene and tell you more about mr perriman little richard it's our friday free for y'all it's coming up in our third hour today plus we've got hashtag hullabaloo headed your way we have information on storms and joe biden in our hashtag hullabaloo what a combination storms and biden we've got that coming up and before we get out of here today we have our southern food spotlight and thanks to the website tasteofhome.com i know we're all pushed for time these days and we got things to do besides sit around listening to programs like the y'all show i know you're in a crunch that's why thanks to this website tasteofhome.com We've got the recipe for gumbo in a jiffy. And I'll tell you what that what that means and how quick you can whip up some gumbo in our final hour of this Friday Y'all Show. Let's dive into the headlines before we welcome in Paul in just a few moments. The big story that came out of Thursday, Hunter Biden has been indicted on federal firearm purchasing charges. So we have a son of a president now indicted. And it's the latest step in a long-time investigation into Joe Biden's son. And it puts Hunter Biden on track for possibly being tried in a, in a trial right as the 2024 election is going on. So you may have a Biden trial and a couple of Trump trials all at the same time in 2024. Hunter Biden is accused of lying about his drug use when he bought a firearm back in 2018. And he also has other charges coming, according to the indictment filed in federal court in Delaware. The indictment happens a couple of weeks after the collapse of a plea deal that would have averted a criminal trial and bad news for Joe Biden. But Hunter Biden now getting the spotlight. Now, I saw an interview that Donald Trump Jr. did on Thursday evening, and he said that, uh, yeah, I love that guy. I love to hear him talk. He said... Hunter Biden gets indicted, 
and then I become the number one trending thing on social media. That would be Donald Trump Jr. Instead of Biden trending, it was Donald Trump Jr. So <laughs> I guess sometimes it's not the world's greatest thing to be the hot trending item. Well, his father gets a lot of trending trending uh, tendencies, and the Justice Department is going to be trending toward challenging the efforts of Donald Trump to disqualify that judge in Washington, D.C. from presiding over his case about plotting to overturn the 2020 election. Prosecutors with Jack Smith's special counsel office wrote in a court filing on Thursday that there was no valid basis for U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin to recuse herself. Trump's trying to get her off the case, calling her a political... Uh, he may not have said this word, but it, he, he basically was trying to say that she's a political hack, and she did not need to be presiding over his case there in, in the D.C. court. Trump's lawyers filed a motion earlier this week urging Chutkin to step aside, citing comments she made in separate sentencing hearings, hearings that were related to the January 6, 2021 riot. And she's had a couple of people go off to jail that she's presided over. So there may be some legitimacy to Trump's team trying to get her removed from the case. But right now, not looking all that great for Trump in that effort. Sidney Powell and Kenneth Cheeseborough are going to be tried separately from Donald J. Trump in Georgia. Now, on Thursday, a judge ruled there, Judge McAfee in the Atlanta court, that the other 16 defendants, which include Trump, will be tried separately, and I think they're going to end up being tried all differently. As this judge ruled that the two defendants indicted for alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election results will be separated because they requested a speedy trial. That would be Powell and Cheesebro, attorneys that were helping Trump try to get the election results changed in the state of Georgia, changed if they were legitimate votes out there that weren't being counted, that is. Former President Trump is included in the group of 17 defendants, which Judge Scott McAfee said may have to be divided further. But it looks like Sidney Powell and Cheeseboro are going to go forward possibly in October with their trial. Now, it would be very interesting if that trial ends up being thrown out or they get found not guilty and if that happens, does that mean the other 17 will ultimately have their charges tossed out of the court there in Fulton County, Georgia? We will keep our eye on that. And one other political news before we bring on Paul Hare here in hour number one of the Y'all Show. Got a lot of political stories we're getting here to today. A re- official with the Republican National Committee has just confirmed that the third GOP presidential debate is going to be held in November it's going to be in the early portion of November, and it's going to be held in Miami. And there was speculation that the next debate would be held at Tuscaloosa's University of Alabama, but nope, that's not the case. Looks like it's going to be in Miami, as the first presidential debate was held in Milwaukee back on August 23rd. The second debate is going to be held September 27th at the Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. And that's going to be a very kind of late in the evening since it's coming from the left coast. And so far, six candidates have qualified for that Reagan Presidential Library September 27th debate. DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Haley, Pence, Scott, and Christie. That would also include Trump if he were to show up. So the, the, the six there 
certainly have qualified, and that may be who we have on stage. I'm trying to count up who's not going to be on the second debate that was there for the first debate. It looks like Aza Hutchinson has yet to qualify, so he's not quite made it to the stage. You have Tim Scott's on there. Uh, I guess the other one would be the governor out of North Dakota has not made it. Bert Buttram or whatever his name is, he hasn't made it yet. So there's still time, and they may be able to make it. But we've got the upcoming presidential library in California debate, followed by Miami, it looks like, on the Republican National Committee's schedule for the the future of the primaries and, and also the presidential debates. When we come back in hour two, I'll let you know about the passage of a senator from the state of North Carolina, U.S. Senator retired Locke Faircloth has died at the age of 95. We'll tell you about this man who went from businessman to being in the halls of Congress. All that's coming up. Plus, Nashville has a new mayor. Plus, we have some non-political news. Savannah Crisley, the daughter of the Crisleys on TV, she's now dating a guy that kind of got famous a little bit earlier this year. We'll tell you why and how and all that fun stuff. All that's coming up, as well as that Robert, you know, Robert Duvall news. I love that guy. He's had some awesome roles in his film career. We've got all that still ahead in our news headlines. But when we come back on y'all, we're going to switch over and talk money. We've got Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group in with us, and we'll find out how the week has been on Wall Street and how you can follow some of Paul's tips and save and make money. All that is right ahead on the Y'all Show. Get ready, set, go Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high Baby, you're the apple of my eye Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank Honey, your love's better than money in the bank Welcome back into Y'all, where we shake up the South with all kinds of data, whether it's news or some sports information, entertainment. We've got food to talk about, and we also talk money here on the program. We now welcome in Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. Paul, hope you're getting ready for a big weekend. Getting ready for a good weekend and enjoy some food and just relaxation. Do you cook? I cook, yeah. How are you? I'm a pretty good cook. I'm not on the level of Paula Dean. <laughs> I hope you're not offended that we got Paula Dean <laughs> no, coming uh, on. No, uh, no. She might have been named after you. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, uh, how's the week been on Wall Street? It's been pretty good. We're seeing an uptick. We're still down further than we were at the start of uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think we'll get back to there uh, eventually? It just depends on how how much of a soft landing we have on this inflation. And really, we're probably going to see taxes go up. And so that's why today and the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how to avoid taxes. You know what the difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion is, don't you? No, I do not. 
20 years in prison. Ah, I could have figured that one out. So there you go. So what today we're going to talk about is Roth and HSAs. Now, Roth is a type of IRA or 401k that's done after Senator Roth, and it's where you contribute after-tax dollar. So you've already paid taxes on this on the money you're putting into the account. Mm -hmm. It grows tax-free, and you withdraw tax-free. So there's advantages to that. Also, um, there is no age or time frame that you have to start withdrawing. After you put it in there, within five years, you can start pulling it out for some uh, some instances. But after age, you know, say you're age 59 and a half, and you've got $350,000 in a Roth account, whether it's IRA or 401k, and you only put, say, 100000 in it, and it's grown 250000 you can pull all of it out and pay no tax. No tax. Hmm. So that's why they're becoming popular. Um, give you an example. Like I said, there's no income limits on a Roth 401k. If you have a Roth 401k where you work, uh, you can contribute 100% of your contribution to the Roth. If they have matching dollars, the matching dollars go into your traditional our uh, 401k account. But if you say you want to put 15% into a Roth and your company says we'll match up to 8%, their match 8% goes in the traditional 401k, 15% of your Roth, uh, your contribution goes into the Roth. Now, if you don't have that but you want to do a Roth, uh, if your income is a single under $138,000, you can contribute uh, the whole uh, contribution of the Roth, which is six thousand this year. Next year, it'll go to sixty-five hundred. If you're over the age of fifty, it's seven thousand. Next year, it'll go to seventy-five hundred. But you can contribute one hundred percent of your of that money into the Roth. If you're married, it's under uh, two hundred eighteen thousand joint income. And if you're um, Next year, it'll go to 228000 uh, 228, if you're married. So these are very good options for people to avoid taxes. Because I've always asked people, what do you think? Taxes going to be higher, lower, or the same when you go to retire? So, And I heard you mention you got it the Roth right. 401. Right. Is there a non-Roth 401? I mean... There is a traditional 401k that's been around since since the 1970s, but that's what um, 100% of the companies have is a traditional uh, 401k. That's where you contribute with pre-tax dollars. Okay. You have to start withdrawing it by age 73, uh, 72 if you were turned 72 last year, 73 this year, and for you and me it'll be age 75. You think? Yeah. No, that's the new law. Yeah. They're not so, going to change it again no, before I get to be 74 and a half? <laughs> you could be, yeah. But now, but a Roth, there is no uh, timeline that you have to start withdrawing. So I had a young man come into my office. He's 35 years old. And we got to talking, and he said, I want to start an IRA. I said, well, let's start a Roth IRA. Well, I need the tax deduction. I said, well, let's talk about that. I said, you're going to put in 6000 He said, yeah. I said, all right, let's say you're in a 25% tax bracket. He goes, okay. I said, you're going to save $1,500 on your taxes 
putting that into a traditional IRA. You get age 70, and you got over $300,000 in that account. He goes, okay. I said, you have to start withdrawing. You have put in that account for 35 years, $1,500. You get the write-off. He goes, okay. You're putting in the the $6,000. He goes, yeah. I said, so you've saved. What have you actually saved? He sat down and looked at it and said, well, I've actually saved about 47000 in taxes. I said, okay. Look what you have to start drawing out at that time frame. So he looked at it. We set it out, and he goes, I'm going to pay in taxes what I saved over that 35-year period. I'm going to pay it within five years. I said, exactly. Now, let's do the same scenario. You put it in the Roth. You still get the 350000 But when you go to withdraw, you don't pay any taxes. Within the first five years, you've saved in taxes what you were able to deduct off your tax. Anything after that is pure gravy. And he just looked at me. I said, I'm doing I'm doing a Roth up until I got my hit my maximum contribution. Okay, my income level. My wife and I's combined income level. So I'm doing a different product now and we'll talk about that next show. But for people who are making under a combined a family making a income un, and a combined income under two hundred and eighteen thousand dollars, you need to look at doing a Roth. Because you can put fifteen thousand dollars back if you're age over age fifty. If you're under age fifty, it's twelve thousand. But you can put that money back and within a time frame of twenty years, what you've saved in taxes uh, by putting in traditional will be burned up within five years after you start withdrawing. But I'd rather pay the tax now at a lower tax rate. And then when I have about, four, you know, you have $400,000 in a Roth IRA, you can pull it all out and pay not one iota of tax. So that's why we're recommending for people who can do Roths. And I don't blame you. I don't. I don't even know why the other one's still available. Well, because it's just been around. Uh, but now they're encouraging people to the federal government. If you look at what's going on, they're encouraging people to keep contributing, and they're backing up the required age to do a withdrawal on a four hundred one k. While they're trying to stretch out Social Security, we're probably going to see Social Security in the next five years change the maximum. Uh, the age which you can draw full benefit from 67 to 70 for people born after 1970. And if they do that, that'll buy them another 15 years without changing any tax, uh, increasing the tax rate on it. But if they do that and increase the tax rate to from 15.6 to 20, it'll buy us another 95 years. Paul, let's go to the phone line. We've got a caller here. May have, i got a text for you as well. So right, it's a hot ahead. day here talking about Roth and more. Right. Caller, welcome into the Y'all Show. One of my options, rather than uh, an annuity on drawing my Roth, starting this. If you don't mind, could, could you please repeat the question? Repeat the question. Is there any option other than an annuity to drawing my Roth? Start drawing my Roth RA. You mean you can? Do you mean putting your Roth into an annuity? Is that what you're saying? No, no, well, well, how do I start drawing my Roth? I've, 
you can do. Do I you, have to have an annuity or what? No, you don't have to have an annuity. You can put it into whatever account you have it in now. You can use an annuity to set up a lifetime income on a Roth if you want to do that. But you can do that. So I don't have. I, I, what are my options? I mean, just can I just put all this in my banking account? Well, you don't want to put. You have to set it up. You have to set up the Roth IRA. It has to be set up, and then they file it wherever you set the account up. Files it with the IRS and lets them know that this money is tax-free and can be drawn tax-free. And it also they have to know your income level to make sure you're not over the um, the income level to contribute to a Roth. But you know. You're more than welcome to give me a call, and I can show you how to do it. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. And to give Hare Financial Group a call, you just pick up the phone, and you call 731-664-0047. Easy way to get in touch with Paul Hare and Securities America. Right. And I, and I would tell the caller this. The first meeting, I ask you to do three things. Come with an open mind, give me all the pertinent information, and leave your checkbook at home. Because we're not doing anything in the first meeting. we got to decide which way is the best way to go. Because you can't make that decision in an hour meeting. It's just not possible to do proper planning. All right, great call. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And you can reach us here directly on the Y'all Show if you give us a call. And let me go to the text line here now because we have... A text coming in for you. You're a popular guy here, Paul. Mm-hmm. Texter says, Paul, I keep hearing consumer spending is going great. Isn't this misleading considering a lot of this is credit card based and not a true indicator of the spending explanation? It is true. Did you, did you send this text in? No, I did not send it in, but it is true. Because it, it's we're seeing everybody is running the credit card. Here's the sad thing. We've watched interest rates go up, so that means credit card rates have gone up, which means minimum payments gone up, which means it'll take longer to pay that credit card off. So what we do, uh, but that is kind of misleading because we are sitting there watching people. More spending is going on credit card. Now, here's another thing we're also seeing. If you look at spending's fine, they're also taking in consideration the fuel cost. Okay. That, I, I took a stats class at my college, and my stats teacher taught me one thing. You can make statistics back up any lie you want it to back up. So what I mean by that is um, they take on inflation, they take food, food and fuel out. But when they put it in consumer spending, when they count consumer spending, they put food and fuel back in. So, But a lot of it is credit card debt. They're ringing it up. Uh, okay. Yeah. Another text comes in. It says the media needs to be scrutinized severely. They just stretch and twist the facts to simply confuse those who don't look any deeper. What What did one person say? Believe half of what you hear, none of what you hear, and half of what you read. Ah, uh, I haven't heard that one. That's yeah. good. That's, that's old. I, I, I'll make sure I get it correct next week. That sounds good enough to me. We yeah. appreciate the feedback and more as we're visiting with Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group here on this Friday show about the Southeast. And we've been talking a lot about, uh, is there a reason the Roth IRA is in, in on your tongue well, today? Is there well, something going on? We Remember, we started talking about how we can avoid taxes. Yeah. And this is one of the ways to do it when you get into your retirement. I've got clients who walk into my 
business who put into a 401k. And I mean, they'd be in the high six numbers, low seven numbers, okay? And we're looking at it. And one of the my client's minimum distribution was well over $100,000. And he looked at me and he goes, that makes my Social Security tax. I pay more of my Social Security. It also counts against my Medicare tax. And we're sitting out look at it. I said, well, why don't we look at converting some of this over to a Roth? You're young enough to do that. We can recover. He said, but it's going to knock me into a higher tax bracket now. And I said, okay. And then we looked at it. He has a wife that they've been married 40 years, but uh, she's uh, about 10 years younger than he is. So what we're looking at doing is doing what we call a friendly, friendly quadro. And that's a whole other animal we can get into down the road. But we're looking at tax-saving ways to help him out. Now, one another thing is, you know, you've got high deductible on in- health insurance right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're recommending HSAs, health savings accounts. Okay, give you an example. You can contribute to a health savings account if you're single, forty-one hundred and fifty dollars. If you're married, it's eighty-three hundred dollars. The minimum you've got to have a minimum deductible of fourteen hundred dollars to be able to contribute, and a maximum out-of-pocket expense of seventy of seven thousand fifty dollars. Okay, so if you're Deductible. If you got a deductible work, uh, work through your work, that's a thousand dollar deductible. You cannot contribute to an HSA. Okay, what is an HSA? It's a health savings account. Whatever you put into that account, you can write off your income taxes, and you get to draw out of it tax free to pay for medical bills, dental, vision, eyeglasses, uh, braces. Uh, you can't pay over the counter medications like. Leave D or sinus medicine, but prescription drugs, copay at doctors, deductibles, maximum out of pocket expense, copays on health insurance. The good thing about this is, I'll give you an example. I had a client come in the other day. They have their health insurance, has a $7,500 deductible. And I looked at them and she says, I've got to have a hip replacement. I said, okay. She said, Paul, my deductible is $7,500. So have you already got the money saved up? She says, yeah, I do. So let's set it up in HSA. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. You're in a 30% tax bracket. She goes, yeah. I said, let's just do the simple math. You got a $7,500 deductible. She said, yeah. I said, if we set it up in a HSA, you can write over $2,100 off your income tax right there. You've already going to pay the money out. We move it over to an HSA. You turn around, and when you have your hip surgery, write a check or use the credit card that's connected to the HSA. Use it, pay the bill for it. All I did is move it from one account to another. You're still using the same money. We're just moving it to a different account. We set up the HSA. She went and had the surgery. Her accountant came back and said, hey, because you set up that HSA, your taxes went down $2,100. She looked, you know, the client called me up and she said, I want to contribute back to the HSA. And I said, okay. And she said, what else can I buy out of it? Eyeglasses. You can pay dental. Yeah. Anything you need that as long as it's not over-the-counter prescription, uh, over-the-counter medication. He yeah. is Paul Harry. He saves people money. In that case, over $2,000. Over $2,100 saved by just moving it from one account to another. What are you doing next November? 
I'm thinking you might be a good candidate for no, president. No, there's too many skeletons in my closet. Oh, come on now. <laughs> we need somebody like you. I mean, because well, you, you know how to do this stuff, and, and I think you do it the right way. Well, I do it to help my clients. That's my main thing. Okay. I'm here to help my clients. I'm not here to... Not the country, though. You don't care about the rest of the country. Well, I, I do care about the United States of America, but I'm not going to leave them as a legacy for my state. You know, you know I'll, I'll give you an instance. I had a client, I'll never forget, I was 25 years old, had a client call me up the day after Thanksgiving and said, get over here, I'm rewriting everything. My kids argued over everything I have. Who's going to get what when we die? So I went over there and I said, if I could show you a way that you could leave a legacy to your children, leave a legacy to any charity you want and tell the IRS to stick it, would you be interested? He said, yes. I said, Meet with me next week, and we'll do it. And I sat down and showed him how to do it, got his state attorney. Now, there's one thing I do. I don't say I know everything. I know how it works, but I'm not going to sit here and set up your taxes and do your estate. What I am going to do is I put a team together. I get the best of the best. I have three accounting firms I use. I have two estate planning attorneys I use. Okay? I get the best of the best. We put the team together, and we work your plan as a team. One person cannot, you know, you can be the jack of all trades and the master of none. Mm. I'm, master, I'm the master of what I do. I know enough to say, hey, we need to go talk to this guy, or we need to go talk to this young lady. And, and we do this, and that's what we do at Hare Financial Group. We don't do it all, but we help you plan for all. The Hare Financial Group, you can reach them at 731-664-0047. Now, let me go back to something you said a few minutes ago. You said you had a roughly 35-year-old client one Mm -hmm. time come in, and they were essentially telling you what they wanted to do, and you had to correct them. My question to you, because you have that delicate balance of having clients, Mm -hmm. how do you, when you have somebody who's done their Google research, come in, and they know everything, how do you politely tell them hey no 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 i think you really should listen to me on this one well and i sit down and talk to him and i'll say well that you know that that google is correct but it that is a generic it, it's a broad paintbrush your situation i can paint it with that broad paintbrush but here's your hose here's where you're going to have to go back over with a second coat all right why why don't we just get it where we do it all in one fell swoop because i don't like working harder i like working smarter so let's figure this out and there's some that come in that just know everything and you can't talk to them i'll just say hey look we're not going g-haul that's why i'm saying the first meeting i don't want you to bring me your checkbook because we got to find out if we're going to work together Uh and if you're not if you're the kind of person that you come in you know everything and you're going to tell me how i need to do business something i've been doing for almost 38 years and seen it and, and taken the courses, worked with the best of the best, then we're just not going to G-Haw, and I wish you well. Let me find you a guy that you can work with, and I'll refer them out to other people. I mean, I'm not ashamed to do that. You know, I'm, I want to work with people who want to work with me. I don't want to work with people who are going to come in and tell me, this is how you're going to do things, because if I do it that way, it's going to cost them money, but because I pulled the trigger, it's on me. So I just there's there's times I've had to watch 
counts with over seven digits in it walk out the door because they just I can't work with you. You won't. You won't. Yeah. And and so you know. But then I've had some come back say, "Hey, I screwed up. Can I? Can you fix this?" And I tell them the only way I'll fix it. But from now on, you're going to listen to what your team says and not what you read on Google or what Dave Ramsey says or what this person says. You've got to listen to your team. Right. And that team would be the Hair Financial Group, and they will work with you and come up with a a great solution. Chances are, Uh I won't give you 100%, but 99-point-something percent. If you deal with Paul, you're going to do quite well. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. That's a better, better way of putting it. Hey, before we wrap up with you, on Thursday evening, the UAW has a strike now on all the three major automakers. How's that going to affect the markets? Uh, it's it's going to have a re, there's going to be an adverse effect. I mean, sorry to ruin yeah, your, no, your weekend. No, it's just it's just uh, I have a, I have certain opinions about stuff like that. Well, so I, but here I we are. We're a talk show. So go yeah, ahead. Well, I don't want. <laughs> what is somebody said? It's best to keep your mouth quiet, uh, close, and be thought a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. Um, have you, I'm sure you've looked into this whole thing. I have. So tell me, tell me the Paul Hare Cliff Note version of what's going on. What's going on is this an argument over what's going to happen as far as these moving into states that have passed right to work. Ah, okay. So you know, states state like t- Kentucky and Tennessee and right. all these other southern states, basically, right. that are attracting these Yankee UAW members. Right. Okay. Um, you know, Tennessee passed the right to that you can work for a company that requires you to join the union, but you don't have to join the union. Okay, and that was designed for Volkswagen, all the pl- auto plants around Nashville, and now Ford coming into Blue Oval, and UAW is striking, saying that shouldn't happen. And what we're finding out is, I'm getting. I've even got some clients that've moved down here that are working with Blue Oval. They've come down and they said, "This is different." And I've said, "Okay, what's different about it?" Well, one, y'all have a lower cost of living. There's no state income tax, no property tax, no payroll tax in the cities. No this, no that. And I said, "You people are friendly." And I said, "Yeah." The only thing I ask you to do when you move down here from Detroit, yeah. Leave your Michigan politics in Michigan. Don't screw up Tennessee. Why doesn't Michigan and those states up there just follow the lead of states like Tennessee? Well, when you've been able to have a high revenue of taxes, people eventually start moving out and go into the lower states. You either have to, A, cut back on your services to lower the taxes, or B, increase the taxes to cover the services you're already doing. And that's why you're seeing people leave Illinois, Michigan, Massachusetts, North Carolina, I mean, New York, and California in droves. I've got a client right now from, she'll say, we moved here from California, but we're not a Californian. We're a Tennessean. Ah. So I'm like, okay. So, and they mean that their politics are more in line with Tennessee. Yeah. Do you expect this UAW strike to go on for a while? Uh I think it'll go on for at least three to four months. I mean, look really? at the look at the uh, the writers' strike. Look what it's doing to movie theaters. Look what it's doing, you know. And here's what's so funny: um, you you hear Whoopi Goldberg and all these actors saying, 
and actresses saying we support our writers well yeah you've you've made over three to thirty to forty million dollars a movie and you've set up your situation where you've got lowered your taxes as much as possible and you're living off of that you know what about these owners of movie theaters and these workers in these theaters you know they're getting destroyed yeah and it's really bizarre because the movie theaters finally just got past covid i mean we've had some good movies for them this year and yeah. and, and it looks like because of the strike there's not any movies being made and no. and they're shooting themselves in the foot right and, and let's let's be honest everybody's going to streaming i mean i'll i hate to say it but i'll wait till a movie comes out on stream before you know and everybody goes why well if i like it i can buy it and uh keep it you know um you know, of course, I buy John Wayne movies because I'm a big John Wayne fan. Even the even the B movies that were so <laughs> horrible, you know, the four and a half day miracles as they were called back then. Well, Pilgrim Paul here, we appreciate you stopping by. You can get in touch with Paul again at his number seven three one six six four zero zero four seven with the Hair Financial Group. Yeah, I'm a registered rep of Securities America, member SIPC. And give me a John Wayne reference before okay. we get out of here. Uh, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Okay, there you had it. Paul Hare. When we come back, we're going to go from Paul to Paula. We've got Paula Dean, y'all. She's going to talk about biscuits. You like biscuits? Love them. All right. That's why I look the way I look. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back to wrap up this first hour of the show about the South. We're going to wrap up this first hour of the Y'all Show with a little Paula Dean. We had her on our Wednesday show as she was in the kitchen making biscuits. Let's join the great Southern cook in the kitchen in Savannah as she's doing her thing. And then we'll be done with this hour of the Y'all Show as soon as Miss Paula gets done with them biscuits, y'all. Look at that biscuit, y'all. Oh, Grandma Harsh, you watching? Are you watching, my little angel? Now, I like for my biscuits to touch because I like it to have a soft side. Oops, put that right down there. Now, depending on how tall you want your biscuits, it's going to depend on how many times you pat it down. So All right, Paula, you're putting me to sleep. You can go back to our Wednesday show and find out that entire Paula Dean Southern Biscuit recipe. It's part of our Y'all Show podcast that you can find on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, as well as Apple Podcasts and Apple iTunes. That wraps up Hour 1, a programming note. If you're catching us on Super Talk 93.1, we will take a quick break and come back with you around 935. we got the Power Prayer up next here on Super Talk 93.1. Again, y'all show continues at just after 9.30 on this Friday. Stay tuned.
Kyle Show is back as we continue on with this second hour of our conversation about what's going on in the Southeast. We've got news headlines to jump into here in a sec. Also want to remind you before the hour is up, we will look at the new movies hitting theaters across the Southland this weekend. Hour three today, we are going to have our salute to the weekend with a little party crowd followed by a salute to little richard making georgia's own we'll hear all about tutti frutti and more about this music legend from right here in the south little richard is our friday free for y'all we'll have that at our third hour beginning and we'll also have in our final hour today information about joe biden and some of the bad weather we've had around here lately it's part of hashtag hullabaloo and before the show wraps up It's our food for thought today, and our southern recipe comes to us courtesy of the website tasteofhome.com. It's gumbo in a jiffy, and we will get you all cooked up with some gumbo. Hey, all that's coming up in the final hour. To join us here on Y'all, it's easy to do so. We've got our 24-hour-a-day text line, 615-208-4184. Email is mail at y'all.com hope y'all are doing well let's continue on with some of the news headlines going on we touched on it in hour one with paul Hare, but on thursday evening the united auto workers launched a strike against all three automakers and so now that the writers aren't writing movies and tv shows you've got the auto production industry coming to a halt but we're not coming to a halt here on this show. Don't worry. We're not part of any of those unions. But it's a it's a big deal. And as Paul Hare in hour one told us, this is going to, he thinks, go on for a few months. I hope Paul's wrong. But it has a lot to do, as he said, with the fact that a lot of these auto manufacturers have set up shop in the South. And they're even continuing to build in the South right now. And for these union workers up North who are used to union lifestyle they come to these right to work states it's a problem and that's evidently one of the main reasons this strike is going on we'll keep you updated on any changes here picking up the news on thursday hunter biden he got indicted on gun charges the president's son indicted on federal firearm purchasing charges after the plea deal that he tried to work through in delaware failed a couple of weeks back and Biden indicted on federal firearms charges as he's accused of lying about his drug use when he bought a firearm in 2018. And he also failed to mention that he had an addiction to crack cocaine at the time. He's probably had a pretty rough go of it here in the last few years, most of which I would say is self-inflicted. His daddy was always, a in his entire lifetime, has been a very powerful United States senator. There's no reason for this guy. Unfortunately, that's always the case for drug addicts. There's no reason really ever. But it happens. And we wish him the best from a personal standpoint. But legally, Hunter Biden evidently has a little bit of a challenge ahead of him. President Trump, he's been trying to get the judge of his case over the 2020 January 6th assault on the Capitol he is trying to disqualify the judge in Washington, D.C., Tanya Chutkin, trying to get this U.S. District Judge removed from that case to have her recuse herself. And now prosecutors with special counsel Jack Smith's team, they've written a court filing 
that there is no valid basis for Judge Tanya Chutkin to be removed or recused from this case that has to do with overturning the results of the 2020 election. That's a story that came out from Thursday. Elsewhere in our headlines across the country, former United States Senator from North Carolina, Locke Faircloth, has died at the age of 95. He served one Senate term before losing to John Edwards. And Faircloth died at his Clinton, North Carolina home on Thursday. He ran for governor back in 1984 as a Democrat, but then switched to Republican. And in 1992, he ran against the current senator at that time from North Carolina, Terry Sanford, and he actually won that race and served in the late 1990s. I guess he would have been working in D.C. whenever he had the impeachment trial for Bill Clinton. Current Senator for North Carolina Tom Tillis said in a news release that Locke Faircloth was a principled, common-sense conservative. Again, dying Thursday at the age of 95, Faircloth was born in Sampson County in North Carolina, and he served in the United States Army back in the mid-1950s. He would ultimately be North Carolina's Secretary of Commerce from 1977 to 1985 before becoming senator elected January of 19 or elected in the same election that Bill Clinton got elected in November of 1992 he served in the Senate from 1993 until 1999 again John Edwards who would go on to be a vice presidential candidate in 2004 ousted him from office and one of the things this guy Faircloth known for was his work before going into political office as he was a hog farmer. Yes, he was a big-time hog farmer in that section of North Carolina. So from growing hogs to growing whatever they do in in Washington, D.C., that is the story of Faircloth who passed away this week in North Carolina. Nashville has a new mayor. We want to congratulate Mayor Freddie. Freddie O'Connell elected Thursday as he beat Alice Rowley in the mid-September runoff election in Metro Nashville. And Mayor O'Connell, or Mayor Mayor-elect O'Connell, had served as a council member in Nashville since 2015, and that is in the downtown area of which he served. And he lives in a section of Nashville I have not heard of, Salem Town. Never heard of that. He's lived there since 2007 and been very active in the Nashville community. He has a bachelor's degree from Brown University, a brownie. He's an Ivy Leaguer, now going to be the mayor of Nashville, Tennessee. He also is a retired radio host, so I've got some competition from Freddie He was co-host of a public affairs radio program from 2005 to 2010. Freddie O'Connell, the new mayor of Nashville, Tennessee, U.S. of A. (laughs) Also in our headlines across the southeast today, today marks, or this week marks the 60th anniversary of the Birmingham church bombing. 1963, four black girls killed 
in Birmingham, Alabama, as they were worshiping on a quiet, calm Sunday morning. And there in downtown Birmingham, these four lives taken. And the current Supreme Court Justice, Katanji Jackson, is going to come to Birmingham this week. She's the first black woman on the nation's highest court, and she's going to give the keynote address today at a memorial service at the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham. 60 years again after these four young ladies all died. I think they were in Sunday school class when a bomb went off and killed 11-year-old Denise McNair, Cynthia Wesley, Carol Robertson, and also a 14-year-old Addie Mae Collins. A fifth girl, Sarah Collins Rudolph, was in the room and was severely injured, but she did survive. I assume she's still with us. Sixty years ago, this happened in Birmingham, Alabama, and the Supreme Court Justice going to be in the Magic City today to mark the occasion of that tragedy and the civil rights struggle of the 1960s. Also in our headlines today across the southeast, a little gossip news for you. Reality TV star Savannah Crisley of Crisley Knows Best, the nice, cute daughter of the two jailbirds that are in jail, her dad and her mom are right now in federal prison. Savannah Crisley News. She's now dating former Auburn football star Robert Shiver. And if the name Robert Shiver sounds familiar to you, he's the guy who made headlines a few months back because his wife got busted trying to murder him in the Bahamas while they were having a divorce go on. And now, sure enough, there's photos of Savannah Chrisley hanging out with Robert Shiver, who comes from a very successful South Georgia family. His dad was the head of the baking company that makes all the, the bread that most of us in the South enjoy eating. I think it might be the Flowers Corporation. Robert played football for Auburn from 2006 to 2008, and he filed for divorce after finding out his wife was having an affair. Then, in the Bahamas, she tried to kill him. Lindsay Shivers, her name, and she got arrested by Bahamian authorities, accused of plotting to kill her husband. And Robert wants sole custody of their kids along with a $2.5 million mansion they have in Thomasville, Georgia, which is where he grew up, I believe. Savannah Crisley's parents, Todd and Julie Crisley, are currently in federal prison for bank fraud and tax evasion. Their show, Crisley Knows Best, debuted on TV in 2014. And so, Southern royalty here with these Crisleys and uh, Shivers getting together. Crisley, by the way, is 26 years old. And Robert Shiver, the guy that's got the two kids and the wife trying to kill him, I'm going to say he's probably mid-30s. I don't have the exact age on him right now in front of me. We'll keep you up to date on these new lovebirds coming out of wherever the heck they are. Maybe uh, Bahamas? Is that where he's hanging out? Remember, he went and got his wife out of jail. Posted bond for her, I think, was the case. Instead of Auburn football, let's talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. They play at 
the South Florida Bulls on a mid-afternoon ABC televised contest on this football weekend. Crimson Tide coming off a tough loss to Texas. They're ranked number 10. And they're going to play a USF team that's not even a Power 5 program. Why would Alabama do such a thing? It's not normal for Alabama to go play teams at their place, period. But certainly, being outside of the Power 5, USF is in the American Athletic Conference. And we have some of the details of why Bama's doing this. For the first two years of this series, this year and next year, the home team will pay the visiting team $400,000 for the 2026 meeting in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is going to pay USF a million dollars. A million dollars. Alabama played, paid MTSU $600,000 more to come play this year. Just a showing up see you later we don't have to go play in Murfreesboro type arrangement so I'm trying to figure out I guess they paid MTSU a million and they're trying to save some money by playing at USF I don't know why they're doing it it is a NFL stadium last year Louisiana Monroe got a 1.95 million dollar check for showing up and playing the Crimson Tide <laughs> that's a lot of money for a football game but that's just some of the costs that these big-time teams have to pay to get the little guys to come in to play. Unless they get an FCS team, they usually can pay them for less than half a million dollars. More Alabama news. If you've ever traveled on Interstate 65 near the Tennessee state line on the Alabama-Tennessee border, unfortunately, the Apollo-era rocket that's been at the Alabama Welcome Center is being dismantled. NASA had long wanted to take this thing down. They've already removed the top portion of the rocket. And now it's coming on down. The rocket center says it's expected to take four to five weeks to complete the dismantling of the 168-foot-tall rocket. And I don't know where it's going next. Maybe to the Space and Rocket Center just down the road in Huntsville. That's where you'll ultimately see where this thing ends up. But uh, I can tell you that for now, that rocket's coming down. If you ever are on Interstate 65 between Birmingham and Nashville, you can't miss it right when you need to. Well, it's only on the westbound side. So if you're trying to take a quick bathroom break, you're going to miss it if you're heading north out of the Tennessee Valley, head north toward Nashville and up toward Pulaski, Tennessee. A motorcyclist in Virginia is a lucky person because they were saved after lightning struck them when they were on their motorcycle. 20-year-old Noah Fowler says he was driving when he was struck by lightning while riding his Harley-Davidson motorcycle on the road there in northern Virginia. And he said he was two miles from his house when he got struck by lightning as the bolt of lightning went through his helmet down his body and turned his silver chain necklace into his skin. It had burned it into his skin. Luckily for him, a good Samaritan, Erica Sutherland and her fiancé, both work in the medical field, and they were heading on I-66 when they saw him get hit, and they administered CPR, and they saved his life. But be careful out there if you're on a motorcycle in any kind of lightning event. You could do unfortunately a lot of damage to yourself if you get struck by lightning it's just a friendly reminder 
for all of you who like to get out there on the two wheels of the highway. Now, another Virginia story as we wrap up our headlines today. Happy birthday, happy 92nd year period to Robert Duvall, the great actor, the Academy Award-winning actor and Falkwear, Virginia resident, lives in Falkwear County. Duvall honored this week with a Virginia General Assembly resolution commending him for his contribution to both the arts and conservation. Duvall awarded a framed copy of the resolution from delegates of the Virginia legislature. And they did this at his farm in the Plains in the Virginia area on Monday of this week. Robert Duvall is a steadfast preservationist. He actually addressed the Warrington, Virginia Town Council to decry the Amazon Data Center project in Warrington earlier this year. So, Robert Duvall, who of course has played in The Godfather and True Grit and a whole bunch of other tremendous movies, now in his early 90s and being recognized by the state of which he's hanging out in, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Congratulations, sir. When we come back on the Y'all Show, Robert Duvall's not starring in a movie hitting theaters this weekend, but I'll tell you who is, as we've got a handful of new movies making their debut here this mid-September weekend. It's Dixie Cinema, and that feature is coming up right after this break. We're going to wrap this hour up talking a little movies here for a moment. we got two movies hitting the theaters this weekend making their debut. After Everything is a new drama romance movie that's got hero fiends Tiffin. I wonder if that's Ralph's daughter. I bet it is. She's in it alongside Josephine Langford. Actually, Hero, I have, apologize, Hero. Hero's actually a dude. <laughs> his, his name's Hero, H-E-R-O. I, I kid you not. Anyway, he's got this movie out called after everything and it is a uh, a, a romance type movie uh, okay uh, i think i'll be skipping that one it's out this weekend y'all go see it if you want to the big movie out this weekend that's getting a lot of publicity is a haunting in venice and this one's got kenneth Braunt on it as well as michelle yo as well as jamie dornan and tina fey also starring in this crime drama horror movie a haunting in venice in a post-World War II Venice, Perot, now retired and living in his own exile, reluctantly attends a seance. So, yeah, this one sounds interesting. That wraps up Hour 2. We'll have more fun coming in Hour 3 of the Y'all Show. Let's get off this uh, final hour of our program about the South with a little celebratory mood. Thanks to David Lee Murphy. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye. But I know the Lord, it was breaking her heart that she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming the back and laughing out loud With the smoke so thick The blues came 
like I just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd. It'll dawn on me tomorrow, wherever I wake up, I'll look back and try to recall just where the heck's my truck. So take my keys and lock 'em up tight. Let the good times flow. And I worry 'bout tomorrow when it comes to light. The night's still young, and I'm on the road tonight. I'm looking for a party crowd, slamming 'em back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around. With the jukebox jumping like they just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there, I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd. And a happy Friday to all y'all. We are the program that gets you primed and ready for the weekend, where y'all talk with an accent on the South and David Lee Murphy each and every Friday at this juncture. Fires off this song and hey, why don't you help me sing along? Let's let's send the weekend, let's get it going off in a prime time way. Sing along, y'all. Where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. I know you can do better than me. Get the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds. Looking for a party crowd. Oh yeah, got football this weekend. Got maybe some great family activities planned. It's time to celebrate. The blues can't hang around. One more time, David Lee. Jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds. Yeah, I'm making the rounds, and I'm telling you that we are the show of the South. And I thank you so much for finding us on awesome radio stations and at uh, our various podcast options. As the Y'all Show is available free of charge each and every day, you can find us in Spotify on the iHeartRadio app, as well as the TuneIn app, Apple Podcast, and Apple iTunes. Just search Y'all Show, and we're right there awaiting your free download. Coming up later in this final hour of our Friday edition, we will have some food for you. we got food to talk about. We've got gumbo in a jiffy, courtesy of the website tasteofhome.com. Yep, if you were pushed for time this weekend and you don't have all day to cook up something, perfect recipe that I'll share with you before we get out of here today, courtesy of the website tasteofhome.com. Also forthcoming in this final hour, we will go on to social media and find some of the great stuff that have, you know, some of the things that pop up there. And we've got Joe Biden and Storms to talk about in our hashtag Hullabaloo report today. If you want to be involved with y'all, easy to do. You can always send us an email, mail at y'all.com. Now, as we move on to our Friday Free for Y'all we always in this section play us another song on top of what David Lee Murphy has. We always find something to talk about. We usually try to tie it into the South. 
and we've got one of the South's premier music makers now for the first time ever on the Y'all Show that we're going to talk talk to you about. So get ready. And I'm going to give you a heads up of who this guy is. I don't even have to sing. I don't even have to tell you the name of his most famous song. I don't have to tell you who this guy is. All I got to do is just rattle off the following, and I bet you you'll know exactly this southern legend of which I'm about to start telling you about and play his most famous song. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. I'll do my best. A wop, bop, a loop, bop, a bop, 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 (laughs) something like that. Yeah, it's Little Richard. And today on the Y'all Show, we're going to spend a few minutes saluting the late Georgia singer. And we'll actually, we got some audio of him doing a 1970s interview. I'm going to let you hear that because it really does a great job of showing off the flamboyance and a guy who didn't hold back, Little Richard. And so we'll hear that in just a moment. But today on the Y'all Show, we're going to take time to tell you all about Little Richard, who was born Richard Wayne Penniman back in 1932. Little Richard died in 2020. He died at the age of 87 in Tullahoma, Tennessee. Born in Macon, in Georgia, down in the middle of the Peach State, right in the middle of the Great Depression. And he's described as the architect of rock and roll. Now, Richard will tell you something a little bit different when we hear from him. His signature signature song, Tutti Fruity, came out in 1955. I'll tell you more about that song in a, in a second. But did you realize prior to that 1955 recording, he actually had had a record deal for about four years. He was on the RCA Victor record label with several songs, couldn't buy a hit. I mean, he had songs like Rice, Red Beans, and Turnip Greens. I need to hear that sometime. I bet you that's a good song. He had a song out called Ain't Nothing Happening. And his first single ever on that RCA Records album of 1951 was Taxi Blues. But his song Tutti Frutti from the album Here's Little Richard came out at the end of 1955 and it soared to the top of the charts and made him a household name across the whole world. One reason we're telling you about Little Richard is the fact that he had such an influence on people all over the world, people that in many cases would go on and have humongous careers of their own, and they traced their fame and their success to Little Richard. People like the Beatles. Little Richard took the Beatles when they were just getting started under his wing and helped them get gigs in places like Germany. And how do I know all this? It's because CNN just came out with a really well-done documentary that I actually caught some of it on Labor Day night. I think that's when it's made it made its premiere. It could have come out the Sunday before Labor Day, but it was really well done by CNN. And I didn't intend to watch it. I really didn't. I think there was actually a football game being played at the same time. And I chose Little Richard over football. Do y'all think less of me now? But it was a really educational thing for someone like me who was not around in the mid-1950s. And I've heard a lot about Elvis and how he had such a gigantic entry to the world stage in that 1950s decade. The CNN documentary, Little Richard, I Am Everything, did debut back 
on September 4th. So maybe I was watching a repeat. I bet you you could find it somewhere this weekend. It will be rebroadcasting on CNN. And it already might be available on demand. This really well done. I think it's about a two-hour documentary on the making Georgia-born and proud Georgia singer, Little Richard. Now, he's a guy that had a really challenging life. I mean, he had a rough childhood. He got beat up as a kid. His own father disowned him because he had homosexual tendencies as a youngster. And Little Richard was homosexual. He did engage in that lifestyle as a youngster. And that's part of the Little Richard story. He would wear dresses. He would he would put on makeup. He was a you you could call him an oddball. I mean, I think he would be okay with that. But at the same time, Little Richard became a born again Christian, and his whole life he battled fame with his Christianity, and then he went back and forth with his tendency to like men and 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 he married a woman and then he went to a a religious college in Huntsville, Alabama, Oakwood after he already got famous after Tootie Fruity and Long Tall Sally and some of those other really big hits he had a, a, a an awakening and decided to give it all up for a time and go be a college student at a very religious school in Huntsville, Alabama Oakwood and I used to go to Oakwood, and I had no idea that that Huntsville historically black college had a Little Richard connection. I don't think I saw a sign anywhere on campus that pointed that out. But yes, he went there to study theology in the late 1950s at this historically black Seventh-day Adventist University in Huntsville. It's the only HBCU owned and operated by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Oakwood is. Went there, got married around that same time. But uh, this documentary shows that little Richard was not making any money. He was really struggling. And so he went back and started doing some tour dates and and just a really fascinating thing. I'm not going to sit here and try to outdo CNN's documentary, but you really should check it out if you get a chance, especially if you grew up any time in that 1950s decade. This will have a very special connection to you. But Little Richard was, and, and for the rest of his life, was a guy who always fought a lot of things simultaneously. Fame, his proud being a born-again Christian, he was definitely all about God but he had a sinful life at the same time and he was on drugs for a large portion of his life and he he just had a, a tough go of it now in his later years he ended up I think living in the Nashville area that's the reason he died in Tullahoma in the year 2020 as he died after years of struggling with health problems and more dying at his home. I didn't realize he had moved and had a home in Tullahoma from bone cancer. And he got a lot of tributes after his passing. As I said, Little Richard did not hold back when talking about his life and talking about his impact on music. I found a 1970s interview that I'm going to play a portion of it here of Little Richard, Mr. Perriman, talking about 
just how important he was. He, he, he's not bashful. And here he is on his TV interview that I hope I can give you what show this was from. And then we're going to play Tutti Fruity. So get ready for some uh, real wop ba ba loop ba ba boom Little Richard music here in a second. But here is the Georgia native in this 1970s interview not holding back. Soul. I'm the king of rock and roll, and I'm also the emancipator of soul and the creator and the originator. My God. How did you get to record in the first place? I was down there, and I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I was tired. Have you ever seen anybody tired? I was tired, y'all. Lord Price had put out a blues hit called Lord and Miss Claudia, and he came through my hometown, Macon, Georgia, in a golden black Cadillac with a towel on the back of it. I thought he was going to roll it down the street, but he didn't. <laughs> Oh, God. And he brought, came over there to me and he said, now nah, we're going to make this tape and send this little tape up here to special directors. I made the tape, sent it on up to special. Then they waited two years before they came to see me. Bumps Blackwell, they did it. Then they met me down in New Orleans, Louisiana, wanted me to sing like Ray Charles, and I refused. And when they got down there, he got two to fruity, although he had to clean it up, but he got it. How did you develop your particular style, your resonance of voice? Well, uh, you know, uh, I used to be an opera singer. I used to sing opera. You didn't know that? Classical I didn't know. music? No, I didn't you know, know that. that? I'm, so, no, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. So I used to go all over the way up. Then I started singing rock. Uh, I was playing for the church. My grandfather was a preacher, Reverend Penniman. He died. I used to play for him every Sunday morning because he was take up collections by seven times. You know, just one more penny, mm-hmm. just one more quarter. And if more you give me, he'd still wanted another one. So I used to play two the fruit and long tall salad while he'd be preaching. But he didn't know it. <laughs> they'd be shouting, throwing empty pocketbooks and purses upon the stage, whatever they call them in the country. And I played, and so finally when Lord Price heard me, and I sent a tape, and Bumps Blackwell met me in New Orleans. My first record came out and hit, and did you know that Elvis Presley and Pat Boone sold more of Two the Fruity than I did? And I wrote it and sung it. Did that bother you? No, it didn't. It made me feel good. They opened a the door that was locked, and I couldn't get in. And I wrote it. All right. That a great interview from the 1970s. I think you might can find it on YouTube at the Georgia page youtube channel and i don't know who the interviewer was obviously somebody not from the south there but that gives you a great idea of exactly the kind of uh entertainer little richard was and the hardship that he had to go through i mean here he was first of all in the 1950s and 1960s a black southerner a guy who was effeminate a guy who was struggling with his sexuality but then at the same time, he was proud to be a born-again Christian and grew up in the church and had this style and look and just just one of a kind. I don't think there's any other way to put it about Richard Wayne Penniman, Little Richard. And here on today's Y'all Show, we're going to play his most famous song, a song that would never have come about if not for, again, Specialty Records giving him a new record deal in 1955. And in that New Orleans recording gig that little richard had he he was not having a a good time of it with the producer robert blackwell things were not going good when he was maybe getting his last chance there at the j&m studio in the big easy in september of 1955 and so they decided to take a break and in the recordings studio they took a little break 
and little Richard went across the street and found a piano and there at that piano he started banging away instead of having the more formal recording session they had just had he was letting off steam I, I assume and it was at that time when he was out there banging on the piano and singing and doing all his little Richard stuff that's when this guy Robert Bumps Blackwell producer and part of Fat Domino's his his backup band he and the head of specialty records said hmm I think we can do something with this guy Art Root was the specialty records owner and so they went in and they recorded this song Tutti Fruity Little Richard's first hit and again it's got that famous line a wop bop a loop mop a lop bam boom and that right there that phrase comes from a drum pattern that little Richard had imagined again he was a musical genius he really was and so they go in and they record the song this song that little Richard wrote was actually the, the lyrics had to be altered because it was actually a song about homosexual sex I think I won't tell you what it originally was written but they went in and changed it and cleaned it up made a hit out of this song that had just in the even in the 1950s extremely x-rated lyrics and but they they change it up and the next thing you know people are going crazy for little richard and this song that pat boone as he mentioned ended up covering made it a big hit and it's really funny to see if you go back and watch some old video of pat boone singing tutti frutti which was a hit it was a hit for him but pat boone is not little richard even elvis presley recorded tutti frutti and put it out in 1956 still not little richard and that's why there's there was only one mr tutti frutti little richard and today on the y'all show we're going to keep the fun of saluting this guy of which I encourage you to once again go find this CNN presentation Little Richard I Am Everything if you get a chance it will be well worth the viewing let's go back to the 1950s Dwight D. Eisenhower was president and on a September day in New Orleans Richard Peniman aka Little Richard went into the recording studio on September 14th. We just had that date yesterday. September 14th, 1955 was the day this song was recorded on the specialty imprint. It's Tutti Fruity from the one and only Little Richard on the Y'all Show. I'm a guy 
She knows how to love me, yes indeed. But you don't know what she do to me. Do the booty, oh Rudy. Do the booty, oh Rudy. Do the booty, oh Rudy. That one right there put Little Richard of Macon, Georgia on the map. A map that he stayed on firmly throughout his life. He died at the age of 87 back in 2020. What a legend. You know, I was bragging about the start of that song with the wop ba ba loop ba 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 boom and, and that's pretty amazing. Nothing had ever been recorded to my knowledge like that in, in music. But the way Little Richard in that song does the singing and then, then he does the and I, I can't even get anywhere close to that octave. How how do you how do you come up with something like that? You, you know you don't, unless you're a musical genius. And that guy was the king. He called himself the king of rock and roll, but also the emancipator of soul, and a southern legend for sure. R- Little Richard, thank you, sir. Rest in peace, and thank you for the musical impact that you had on so many people. I mean, there when he got inducted into i think the rock and roll hall of fame he he actually couldn't go to it he got in a wreck just before that event happened in cleveland but so many of the greats of rock and roll were there to honor him people that he was a direct influence like david bowie mick jagger and and i think elton john credits little richard so many people would just do anything for little richard and he never was a big award winner i'm not sure he ever won any major award but he won the award of people's hearts and he did it from right in macon georgia how about that Woo! <laughs> we'll come right back on the y'all show we got a little social media fun we call it hashtag hullabaloo and we'll bring that to you right after this tutti fruity Two of the nine. 
All right, Thick as Thieves, that's the latest song from Lauren Elena with her gal pal that she's evidently thick as a thief with, Lainey Wilson. Yet another Lainey Wilson duet. The girl's had about ten already in her music career. Of course, she's winning all kind of awards. Who, who am I to judge, y'all? And how about this song that's just hit the record charts and more? It has created a little bit of a social media viral trend because Lainey and Lauren have put out a video and it says, What's up, y'all? We hope you love our new song, Thick as Thieves, celebrating women and their curves. Grab your bestie. We have a dance we're going to post. Shake that big old butt you got, Lainey Wilson says. So if you're wanting to grab your bestie, and get on camera, what you do is you turn to each other's backsides and then you you shake your butt and I guess maybe even your butts touch each other. (laughs) And uh, Lainey, I've heard her talk before about her big butt. Hey, those are her words. I don't think it's big at all. I don't at all. I think mine's bigger than hers um, for what it's worth. But yes, a viral trend that's out right now. The thickest thieves butt virals, viral videos. Uh, I don't know what the hashtag would be on that. Probably thick, and that's T H I C C. Thick as thieves. Just uh, put that in your favorite social media thingy, and you'll uh, you'll be surprised what might pops up there. Lauren Elena Laney Wilson. We're back here on the Y'all Show. Continuing on, we went from talking about. Tutti Fruity and Little Richard to shaking butts with Laney and Lauren Elena. Oh, we might want to go ahead and wrap up today's y'all show right now. But no, we can't do that. we got a few minutes left. Let me tell you about hashtag hullabaloo. This is where we go on social media and get conversations about the South from the audience out there. And we relay their reactions and whatever they have on their mind to all you. And let's start off today's hashtag hullabaloo from Andy and Andy's ex account is at Andy in Japan 13. You reckon he's really in Japan? Hmm. I don't know. But here's what he wrote, and he wrote this in English. Thank you for not putting this in Japanese, Andy. Andy writes, The great leader Clinton from Arkansas, is he part of the Yankee Empire? Other than him and Gore, I'm having a hard time recalling a true Southerner who was President of the United States VP Secretary of State, CIA Director, Secretary of Defense, Speaker of the House, or Senate Leader in the past 50 years. So, Andy is bringing up that Bill Clinton, good old Bill Clinton from Hope, Arkansas, was he the only big-time leader of this country that was Southern? A true Southerner in this case. Okay, so let's dive into this. Now, Bill Clinton was from Arkansas. He had been the governor of the natural state. We all know that. It was a little bit risky, don't you think, in 1992 for him to pick a running mate from Tennessee? Although most Tennesseans would say Al Gore is actually from Washington, D.C. He grew up in D.C. He he doesn't know anything about Tennessee. His dad had been a U.S. senator for a long time and his mother was from Jackson, Tennessee. But Al Gore kind of grew up a nice privileged lifestyle 
as his dad was a senator from Tennessee for many, many years, Albert Gore Sr. I think if you drive on the highways of Tennessee, they've got markers for the late senior senator. But how about that? The Arkansas-Tennessee combination won the presidency in 1992 and 1996. And then Tennessee boy, sorta, Al Gore ends up winning the popular election of 2020 or rather i'm sorry 2000 but hanging chads and a carpetbagger from up north george hw no i'm sorry oh whoa, whoa. take the age what what in the what in the h am i doing here george w bush prevail in the 2000 election now i'm going to pick on george bush because he comes across as mr texas guy Oh, he's just a good old Texas boy, etc., etc. But did you realize George W. Bush, in a lot of ways, is a he's a dang Yankee. I mean, he really kind of sort of is. I mean, first of all, he's got an Ivy League education. That's not common for Texas people, an Ivy League education. But George Walker Bush was born in 1946. And the great Texas town of New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah. You can't be a Texan and be born and raised in Connecticut. And he was. This guy wouldn't know a cowboy hat from a hockey puck. And just like Al Gore... George W. Bush's father, also a pretty prominent guy. Remember, George H.W. Bush was at one time the head of the CIA for a while and was Reagan's vice president. Duh. But at one point, Bush did end up going to the public schools in Midland, Texas, where his father, I guess, had relocated, trying to get some money in the oil and gas business. And that's where he would end up meeting his sweetheart at one point, Laura, and they would end up getting married. But George W. Bush attended Yale back in the mid-1960s. So a Yale-educated, Connecticut-born guy in George W. Bush. So there's that, Mr. Guy in Japan. And he had Dick Cheney as a VP, and Dick's not Southern. He's out of Wyoming. And then I'm going back to, even in the George H.W. Bush years, he had as his VP a guy from Indiana, Mr. Potato Guy, Dan Quayle. And so that that certainly is of note there. Um, trying to think of some of the other positions that might have been out there in the George H.W. Bush years, like I really can't think of anybody too much that would have been Southern. And if you go back to Reagan, Reagan had, of course, George H.W. Bush as his VP. Reagan was from Illinois slash California, and then George H.W. Bush tried to act like a Southerner and a Texan, but deep down probably not, a, as you call it, a true Southerner. And then others in the, let's see, Alexander Haig was part of that administration. I don't think he was... From the South. I mean, I don't. I don't remember anybody 
now that you mention it, Mr. Japan guy, I don't remember anybody going up to the microphone sounding like Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene or another lady in politics right now, Marsha Blackburn. There, there really hasn't been. So I think you bring up a very good point. And that, you know what? As a proud Southerner myself, I'm tired of this. I want, I want a deep, fried Southerner to be in charge of this country. Because many of you would say the last time we had, and maybe the only time in the last God knows how long, I guess since Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton is really our best example. And for a lot of people, he, he was a great president. What he accomplished, the relations he had with the opposite party, a lot of people say, I'll take the Clinton years anytime over what we've seen the last 10 years, for example. And so I think the whole Southern thing works out pretty good if you just give us a chance. So y'all, right today, right here on the Y'all Show, I'm officially announcing my campaign for presidency, and my slogan will be, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance, y'all. And I, and if I can't run, will we'll somebody else step in here and take over? We need to have a Southerner. You're absolutely right. So thank you, Andy in Japan 13, for bringing that to our attention. And, and, and again, I don't claim that my little dialogue here is completely accurate, but yeah, I think you're pretty right on that, that only Clinton and Gore, with Gore kind of sort of, eh, eh. I mean, I've been over to Carthage where he's from, and, and I, w- I was in Carthage, Tennessee, when he was vice president, and the people there didn't even have to talk about Al Gore, the vice president. And I know people in Nashville sure didn't like him because he'd come to Nashville a lot and he would tie up the traffic when he was vice president a lot. So stay out of Nashville, Mr. Founder of the Interweb. Let's go to JK. JK is on X with the account KKULHOV or HO. Okay, hold on. KKUL Hoya. Maybe he's a Georgetown fan. And he writes here. As a black southerner, I hate collard greens and barbecue. Whoa! This guy's not holding back. I'm going to have to take your southerner card away from you, JK, because how could any southerner be against barbecue? And then collard greens? Come on. Come on, man. You haven't had them with the right accoutrement. You haven't had them with ketchup like I have them. Or you haven't had them with the, the pepper sauce. Maybe you haven't had them with the uh, proper ham hock. I don't know what you've been doing there, but you need to you need to tighten that up, fella. We can't have people in the South, white or black. You said you're a proud black Southerner. We're going to have to take your Southerner card away. And then I'm not black, so I can't take your black card away. But you, you just can't be, you can't be out here talking this kind of junk and get away with it. I mean, who in the South doesn't like barbecue? Come on. I'm thinking this might be a Russian spy that's infiltrated the Y'all Show today. Yep. All right. Let's wrap up here with a quick, quick thing about something that happened actually on Thursday. It comes to us from Quinn on 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 the X account, at Miss Tandy. And this person says, I'm a born and raised Southerner, Southerner but this is my first Nashville election 
And what a great election cycle for an introduction. Thrilled I got to vote for people. I'm truly excited and grateful to lead this city and our family has chosen to call home. Whatever the outcome, I'm good. This, again, from Quinn on social media, talking about Thursday's Nashville election. And Nashville Thursday did have a new mayor elected as the city voted People went to the polls to choose a new mayor and also to pick four at-large council seats. And over 68,000 Nashvillians cast their ballot in this runoff election. And they ended up picking a winner. And if you'll bear with me, I'll tell you who that was because we announced it in our first hour of today's y'all show. And it was a guy who had already been on city council for a while. And now he's getting a chance to lead Metro Nashville as its new mayor. It's a new mayor of Nashville. And uh, his name is Freddie O'Connell. He's the new elected mayor. And he won with like 65% of the vote. So that was a pretty impressive win for this Brown alumnus that will be in charge of Music City USA. And that's a look at some of our fun social media that we can dig up here on this Friday Y'all Show and relay it on to you. We have one last little segment that we'll get to. We'll talk about Southern food, and we'll have from Dixie with Love. All that is coming up as we start shutting down this week's editions of Y'all Talk with a Accent on the South. Y'all.com is our website. We are the South's homepage, and we will be right back. Patty Raven, good Louisiana guy, helping us wrap up this Friday edition of the Y'all Show. I bet you Eddie knows a thing or two about good gumbo. And as we kind of start putting a bow on this Friday edition, who doesn't like good gumbo, but who has the time to sit there all day cooking it? Well, tasteofhome.com does a fantastic job with a recipe they've just posted called Gumbo in a Jiffy. And here at the Y'all Show, if you'll give me a moment, Eddie Raven, if you don't mind, I'm going to also give, uh, if you'll give me a moment here for Gumbo in a Jiffy. It has just a handful of ingredients. It's got smoked sausage, diced tomatoes, chicken broth, water, instant rice, whole kernel corn, and sliced green onions. The neat thing about this Taste of Home gumbo in a jiffy recipe it's a total prep and total time period of 20 minutes and it serves six folks oh absolutely delicious looking all you need is a saucepan and a handful of other things it's nutritious as it only has 279 calories in a cup that you serve up of it check it out at tasteofhome.com the recipe gumbo in a jiffy looks delicious and here on the y'all show we know you're often you know you're in a pinch with time you don't have all day to sit there and make gumbo so how about doing it in about 20 minutes and you can do it with this recipe from tasteofhome.com just search gumbo in a jiffy 
And the LSU Tiger fans might need that gumbo in a jiffy. They've got a battle in Starkville this weekend as they start SEC play. And we'll be back here with Kiefer next week to tell you about all the fun stuff. Hey, hope your favorite team performs well. If you've got money on the line, hopefully you'll have a nice payday here over this weekend of football action. It's been an absolute honor to be back with you here on the show that shakes the Southland, the Y'all Show. Until we get back here on Monday with more, actually we will not be here Monday, programming note, we will not be back on the air till Thursday as we have to have other responsibilities. So if you're catching us on our flagship station, there will be a simulcast going on for the next couple of days, and I will return in the saddle Thursday. And that is the case for our podcast listeners. Thursday is the day you can get back on track with us. I'm, I'm glad I thought about that. You know, I had gumbo on my mind. Things get out of whack when you start talking about Southern food. So have a great weekend. We'll see you back here. John Rawl thanking you for being a part of Y'all Talk with an Accent on the South, powered by y'all.com. <laughs>